0: Good morning to brothers and sisters and pastors. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Yesterday morning, um, all the district pastors and some of the brothers and sisters lay leaders, we all gathered at Saint Thomas Graveyard to do a memorial service for Reverend James Hoover, the first Methodist missionary to U.S. from U.S. to Sarawak. That's my first experience uh, to visit um, this graveyard and also to uh, to join this memorial service. So from from the tomb, it says, in loving memory of my beloved husband. For me, that is something unique because it is from the perspective of his wife. In loving memory of my beloved husband, James Matthew Hoover, born on 26 August, 1872, at Green Village, Pennsylvania, USA, and he passed away on 11 February 1935. It says, also says, missionary of the Methodist Episcopal Church to Cebu Sarawak for 32 years. In other words, Reverend James Hoover has, been, has passed away for 87 years years. So, when I was there and then listened to the history of Reverend James Hoover again, I was reminded that we are so blessed being here, being I mean, in Sarawak, because of what our f- I mean former uh, missionaries or our forefathers have done in Sarawak. So, Reverend James Hoover, an American. Uh, as I mentioned just now, born in 1872, he decided to, became, to become a missionary when he was just 15 years old. So I'm not sure about our youth nowadays, so I pray that all of us, we have some kind of encounter with God. So, Reverend James Hoover, he, he, uh, he decided to offer his life to become a missionary when he was only 15 years old. At that time, he saw a magazine, a, a global mission magazine. In, that, in one of the articles, one of the bishops from India in the, uh, wrote an article saying that he was calling for 12 young men who were willing to serve in India. And then in that article, he mentioned about the requirement. He said, the bishop said, you must be willing to serve in India for five years, receiving half pay, working in the farm for self-provision, and you need to stay single. When he read the article, he felt the calling of God. So he decided to become a missionary. And then not long after that, uh, he responded to the calling. And then the first place that he went was, he was posted to... Penang of Malaysia he served in Methodist school in Penang uh, in 1899 from his diary he said that on the last night when his mother uh, prepared a farewell dinner for him his mother was filled with joy but at the same time cried a lot because she knew that that could be the last time she saw her son. In fact, that is what happened. That was the last time Reverend James Hoover, his mother, saw him. So brothers and sisters, we need to be uh, grateful for the first Methodist missionary to Sarawak who really fulfilled the great commission received by God. So in, during his time in Sarawak, he built 41 churches, 40 schools, and In fact, we say that he laid the foundation for the civilization of Cebu. He also brought in a lot of things to Sarawak. He purchased the first batch of 2,000 rubber seedlings in 1904. He brought in the first steamboat, uh, installed the first rice mill machine, established the first girl's school, installed the first uh, electric generator, established the first agriculture school, introduced the first bicycle to Sarawak, set out the first ice-making ma- machine and first chainsaw and also the first wireless telegraph machine. There's a reason why we say that he was the first one uh, who laid the foundation for the civilization for Cebu, but of course for Sarawak. So brothers and sisters, we need to thank God for sending Reverend James Hoover and to bless Sarawak. We also need to thank God for Him because through Him, He brings gospel to us. And most of all, we thank God that Reverend James Hoover is willing to respond to the calling from God and to leave his hometown and spend 32 years in Sarawak in order to fulfill the Great Commission in the Bible. There's a reason why I said my title this morning, Ying Sui Si Yuan. It means when drinking water, one should think of its source. When drinking water, we should remember the source. In fact, actually, it's from an, uh, or the, the original wording is like this When eating fruit, one should think of the fruit tree. When drinking water, one should think of the source of the river. By saying that, it reminds people to be grateful for everything that we have and also the source and also the origin of the blessing. So brothers and sisters, today, as parents, we we always tell stories to our children about what happened uh, in the, to the first and second generation. I believe maybe your parents, your grandparents told you that uh, you are, we are the first or second or the third generation of Chinese people from China, right? And then they tell us how difficult, the, uh, how, what kind of life they, uh, they live at that time. Without any resources, they really persevere in order to provide better life for the children. To be honest, when I heard of all those stories, I cannot relate. I, I must confess, I cannot relate. Until recently, I mean, a few years ago, uh, you know, uh, RH company, uh, they produced a book and a videos. The title is Xia Nanyang. Um, actually, I just used Google to translate uh, Down to South China Sea. In the preface of this book, Tatot Tiong, he said, "Whenever I think of the the suffering, blood, and tears of overseas Chinese for thousands of years, I have an idea. We should record, we should organize, study, and persevere, and preserve the history of an ethnic group full of suffering, wandering, being bullied, and being killed." We should let our children and grandchildren remember the history and know the past. We can't be an ethnic group who forgets our own history and forsake our culture. And then in his uh, preface, he also says, there's a description found in one of the notebook uh, from Ming Dynasty. In that note, he says, when crossing the sea, in other words, when they come uh, to South China Sea, when crossing the sea, you must bring along farming tools and seeds with you, as well as coffins. Farming tools, seeds, and coffins. The ship owner who sail to South China Sea bring along coffins means that they are ready to meet death anytime. Bringing along seeds means they are ready to build a new life in the unknown wilderness. In the unknown wilderness. So, coughing and seeds represent a kind of determination, a kind of attitude. He says, this is the kind of attitude with hope and not afraid of hardship. And those who came to South China Sea were ready to face the unknown future. So brothers and sisters, when I read this, and I reflect not only on my personal life, all the blessings that I've enjoyed, but I tend to forget what the forefathers, what they experienced. In the same way, as Christians, a lot of time we enjoy what we have in the church. We listen to the gospel, we accept that Jesus Christ is our personal Savior, and we have the assurance of salvation. That is very good. And then we come to church, we have such a nice building, right? Nice praise and worship team. We have uh, nice facilities. And we thought that there is... The end of the story. We just continue to enjoy all the blessings. But in fact, we forget that everything that we are uh, enjoying right now is because of our former leaders, our former members, or former forefathers, our forefathers who work hard to share the Gospels to our family members, to you, and to me. We tend to forget that. So that's the reason why I said my title, Think of the Source of Water. Think of the Source of Water. But of course, to be more specific, think of the Source of Living Water. Think of the Source of Living Water. Jesus is the Source of the Living Water. In the Gospel of John, chapter 4, Jesus, He answered the Samaritan woman. He said that if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink you have asked him and he will have given you living water and then in chapter 4 he says but whoever drinks the water i give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life so brothers and sisters jesus is the source of living water today You and I, we are here, I believe we enjoy, we have drink the living water. And Jesus also said in chapter 7, let's read together, 1, 2, 3. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So, brothers and sisters, we are here not because we are perfect, we are perfect or we are good people. We are here because we are sinners. We are here because we are spiritually thirsty. So we come before the Lord and we ask for the living water. It's for free for everyone. That is exactly what we see at the last book of the Bible. It says, Jesus said, it is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cause for the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this and I will be his God and he will be my son. So brothers and sisters, we are all spiritually thirsty and God is willing to give us the living water. So it's such a great joy for us to accept Jesus Christ, come to the the Lord and receive. But again, I would like to say that That is not the end of the story. God is not intended to build a mega church for everyone who believes in Him just to worship Him every week, study the Word, and that's it, and waiting to go to heaven, like what a lot of people say. God's will is not only give us salvation, but to send us into the world to make disciples for Him. So that is the reason why this morning, I would like to use TMC to share with you three points. Because I, the more I, I mean, when I prepare this sermon, I've, I noticed that I, I learned that Trinity Methodist Church has a lot to do with missionary movement. TMC, our church, has a lot to do with missionary movement. Alright, first one, Trinity. We believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You remember last year when I came to, I mean, first came to TMC, I asked all of you a question: why TMC is TMC? Uh I, I, I can't find the answer yet. Because I'm still curious why this church is called Trinity, but it doesn't matter. We believe in a triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This triune God plays an important role in our life in terms of giving us salvation. But also, this triune God also involved a lot in mission work. So there is a scholar he said the mission of the church can only be understood correctly when it is understood in relation to the Trinity model. What does it mean? So he said, when we try to understand the, the, what, the, missionary, the mission work, we need to understand that God the Father is the sender because our God the Father is the Lord of the harvest the harvest is plentiful. So we ask, we pray to the Father to send workers into the harvest field. So, like take Reverend James Hoover as an example. He was commissioned by God the Father. God calls him to leave his hometown and come to Sarawak. And then secondly, the incarnate son is the mother embodiment of mission in the world. In other words, Jesus is the first missionary in history because God sent His Son to earth across a lot of, uh, it's a cross-cultural experience for Jesus Christ, God, Son of God. So Jesus is the first missionary and then He come to us in order to show us the way to heaven, in order to show us who God the Father is. So that is what we say, the incarnate Son is the model, embodiment of mission in the world. And then the third one is God the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the divine empowering presence for all the mission. Because the Holy Spirit fills our heart, to give us the assurance of salvation. But not only that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit fills us, He gives us the, the power to be a witness in the world so that people could know God through our life. We share the gospel, we live according to God's will, we witness to God's faithfulness, And we live like a disciple of Jesus Christ so that people could follow Jesus as well. So there is a reason why this is a a Trinitarian framework for mission. God the Father sent the missionary. is the sender. And then Jesus Christ is the first missionary and then the Holy Spirit fills us and gives us the power to be the witness, to make disciples in all nations. So, brothers and sisters, next time when we say that we are from TMC, remember that this church is a missional church. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, TMC, for the word M, for me, is not only Methodist, but also Mission. TMC is a missional church. Let's read uh, John chapter 17, verse 18 together. 1 two, 3. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world as well. And then in chapter 20, Jesus said, Peace be with you. This is, this happened after Jesus was raised from the dead. He said to the disciples, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. And with that, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I want to highlight the word sent because the Father sent Jesus. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us and now Jesus also sent us into the world. Jesus sent us into the world. God's intention is not to take all his believers out of the world, but to send his believers into the world. Again, the purpose of a church is not to gather all the believers and then enjoy ourselves in the building. The intention of the church is to equip every member, not only the salvation, but also to send everyone into the world. I learned learned that Sarawak was a mission field many, many years ago. From 1903 to 1980, uh, this I, I shared with you last year as well. Over 77 years, there were 210 foreign missionaries came to Sarawak and to share the gospel in this land from 10 countries. So, there's a reason why we need to think of the source of water. When we, when we drink of drink the living water, we must think of what is the intention of God who is the source of the living water. And our SCAC, Sarawak Chinese Annual Conference, was established, was started in 1959 with the help of missionaries and after 120 years, now we have 11 districts, 131 churches, more than 200 pastors, and we have more than 10,000 members all over Sarawak. So brothers and sisters, with the help of missionaries, Again, we are enjoying the blessing of God today because of all those missionaries from 10 or 12 countries who are willing to offer their lives for this land. When we drink the water, brothers and sisters, we should not forget the source. We should not forget the source. And the ultimate source of all is God Himself. So we need to ask ourselves, what is the will of God for you and for me? What is the will of God for our church? Recently, uh, someone introduced this book to me entitled "Radical," written by uh, Reverend David Platt. He was uh, he is considered the youngest pastor of a mega church. Uh, I think it's in California. The reason why he wrote this book is because the more he uh, do ministries, the more he start to reflect and ask himself, what is the will of God? I mean, of course, in the context of uh, US, he start to feel that is, is it the purpose of a church Together, all the members just to enjoy good song, good sermon, good facilities. What if we take away all the musical instruments? Would you still come to church? Would you still come to church if today we do not have any musician? We just sing like that. Would you still come to church? If we do not have air conditioning, would you still come to church? So the more he thinks about it, the more he starts to think how what happened if every Christian live a radical life, become a radical disciple of Jesus Christ. So in chapter four, uh, he, he talked about the great why of God. God's global purpose from the beginning till today. What is the God's purpose from beginning till today? In his book, he said, of course, he, he, he was talking about American Christians. He said, how many of us are embracing the comf- comfort of a suburban suburban Ameri- America while we turn our deaf ear to inner cities in, the, in need of the gospel? How many of us are so settled in the US that we have never once given serious thought to the possibility that God may call us to live in another country? How often are we willing to give, to write a check to someone else as long as we ourselves do not need to go to the mission field? In other words, we are, just, we are willing to give money to do the offering, as long as we ourselves, we don't go to that place, places. And how many of us parents, we are praying that God will raise out our children to leave our home and go overseas, even if that means they may never come back again. So brothers and sisters, these are all the questions that he posted in this book, and of course to his members. And then he talked about, consider why God formed us in the first place, why God created us. He said there are two purposes. One is to enjoy His grace, including the grace of salvation. Secondly, he said the purpose of God to create us is to extend His glory to the end of the earth. That is what you see in the book of Revelation when every tribe, every nation, every people, different languages, all come together to worship God at the throne. That is the final, the goal of God. But today, God wants you and me to enjoy His grace, but also to extend His glory. But he said that, in his book, he said that a lot of people say that I am not called to be Pastors, we are not called to be missionaries. He, he find it very interesting because he said that a lot of time when we read the Bible, we like to pick and choose those Bible verses that bring blessing to us. When we read the verses about God will give you peace, we say, Amen, this is for me. When we say that, when we read that, the Bible says that God will protect you. We say, Amen. This is for me. But when you, when we read that God wants to send us into the world, we say, No, this is not for me. This is for those who are called into the ministry. There are those for those pastors, for the, uh, missionaries. Not for me. So we pick and choose the Bible verses to suit our needs. So brothers and sisters. So he said, indeed, Jesus himself has not merely called us to go to all nations. He has created us and commanded us to go to all nations. We have taken this command and, what, reduced it to a calling, something that only a few people receive. So, but brothers and sisters, in fact, whether you are pastors, missionaries, or you are church members, the Great Commission is given to every one of us. Whether or not you serve in a church, or in a marketplace, or in your family, the Great Commission is for you as well. Whether or not you are elected as a LCEC members, whether or not you have a position in a church, or you are members, it doesn't matter. What really matters is, we have a position in the kingdom of God. And God sent us into the world, into the field that where God put you, so that you can make disciples, you can witness to the faithfulness, to the goodness of God. Bring more people into the kingdom of God. So, brothers and sisters, again, when we drink water, think of the source. Think of the source. With all the blessings that we receive, we must be grateful and think of the source. The last one is about church. Again, let's read together. One, two, three. Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Like I mentioned just now, God the Holy Spirit is the empowering presence in the mission work. The main purpose why the believers we receive the Holy Spirit is not for other reasons, but to make disciples, so that wherever we go, no matter what we encounter, we will overcome the obstacles by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can be the light and the salt. We can be a great witnesses for God. So, there is a reason why in Acts chapter 1, it says, but you, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all the Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is for every one of us. As a church, we should never forget that the triune God, God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit is the source of and also the foundation of the missionary movement. And today, our church, we should be a missional church. Just now I mentioned that TMC has a lot to do with missionary movement. According to our website, church website, TMC came into being in uh, 1984, right? Some of you you still remember you were there. 1984, August 19, And it says that before that, uh, the church was formed by the English congregation in Qingfu Methodist Church, right? When I read this book, uh, I also introduced to you uh, last year. There are two books. The second one, I just uh, flip over it, I noticed that the last missionary in in that book, it talks about the senior English pastor at Ching Fu Methodist Church, Reverend William Alvin Uri. We know that we know that Ching Fu Methodist Church started in 1954, and then the English service started in 1957, right? And then this pastor couple came to Sarawak in 1971. They became the senior pastor in 1972, only for one year. So I find it interesting. interesting. So uh, I learned more about him in this book. He was born in uh, Ohio of US, 1930, accepted Christ when he was 12 years old. And in 1959, he went to India for a year with his wife. And then for 10 years, for... 1960 to 70, he served in Kaohsiung, Taiwan, and then founded uh, many churches, Methodist churches in Kaohsiung, Taiwan. And then later later on, he was posted to Kuching, served one year in Kuching, and then returned uh, to US 1976 to 1982, continued to serve minister in Methodist churches, and then lastly, he passed away 2010, died in Wilmore. I am not. I haven't checked with uh, Maiti. Wilmore is the place, I mean, uh, is the place where I study theology. So, A- Avon Park, Wilmore. I didn't know of this history. So, brothers and sisters, when we say that TMC came from Ching Fu Church, right? Ching Fu English Service. It has something to do with missionary. So I wondered, when I prepared this sermon, I wanted to know more about the history. So I called up uh, Reverend Kwan in Ching Fu Church. I, I asked her, can you give me more uh, information? So she was kind enough uh, to look for the magazine, uh, the 50th anniversary magazine. So she gave me uh, a copy Tell us, uh, uh, tell, uh, tell us about uh, why and when the English service was started uh, in, what, in Qingfu Church and later on moved to this place. But to my surprise, in this magazine also tell us that actually, Reverend William is not the only missionaries who serve in Qingfu uh, what, uh, English service at least there are seven, seven missionaries served in Qingfu English service. And then later on, the last two we know, uh, I guess the last two is Zhang Li and, Musi and also Chen Jiaxin Musi. And later on passed to local pastors. There is the reason why I feel that I learned that Trinity Methodist Church has a lot to do with missionary movement. It started by missionaries. So, brothers and sisters, now we know the history of TMC. When we drink the water, think of the source. Think of the source. I believe you all know or whoever uh, visited uh, Jerusalem, I I believe you know uh, the the Sea of Galilee and also the Dead Sea. We all like this illustration because the reason why the Dead Sea is dead because there is no outlet. Dead Sea just receives the water flowing from uh, upstream to the Sea of Galilee and then through the Jordan River, and then the water just flows into the Dead Sea. But there is no outlet. There is no place to go. Dead Sea just collects all the water and keep it to itself. That is the reason why it is a Dead Sea. So I pray that the living water that you and I will enjoy, we don't just keep it to ourselves we must let the living water flow through us to bless other people. Perhaps, God wants to send you to overseas. Perhaps, God wants you to serve locally. Perhaps, God wants you to bless the Sunday school uh, students or the youth or BBGB. God wants to use you so that the living water that you enjoy, you don't keep it to yourself, but to flow through you to bless other people. But I thank God, uh, I went to the TMC website and I thank God that TMC, our church, planted at least three churches, I mean on the website I I learned, uh, TMC planted Mata Methodist Preaching Centre in 1988 and planted FMC in 1995 and also Sinawa Methodist Church in 1999. At least, TMC is not a dead sea or is not a dead church. But now, the question is, can we, is TMC continue, can TMC continue to become a missional church? after we enjoy all the hard work, the fruit of former missionaries in this land. So I pray that you and I, no matter where we are, whether we have a position or not, we all are willing to take out the responsibility to fulfil the Great Commission and think of the source every time when we drink the water. Come, let's pray. Father God, Lord, give thanks to you for all the former missionaries. We thank you for their hard work, who offered their lives to live their comfort life. Come to Sarawak many, many years ago to bring us the Gospel and to bring us the civilization we are here, we are so blessed because of your grace through them. Father God, Lord, today, we are here listening to your word. May your Holy Spirit fill our heart and challenge us so that we will fulfill your great commission wherever we are, whatever we do, we do it for your own glory. I pray that every one of us, we encounter and we, uh, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit and be a great witnesses in this land. May you continue to bless Trinity Methodist Church to be a missional church and continue to plant churches and continue to make disciples in this place. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen.